The following episode of Discussing Who contains key spoilers from DC Rebirth. We encourage you to read the comic before listening. Simply visit dccomics.com or comicshoplocator.com to find out how you can purchase your copy, either paper or digital. Discussing Who is made possible from the support of listeners like you. And now, Episode 8 of Discussing Who. Welcome everyone to a new episode of Discussing Who, episode eight. I'm joined here with my colleague, Kyle Jones. How are you doing, Kyle? Hey, good evening. Good evening. Glad to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Unfortunately, Lee won't be with us, but uh, he's here in spirit, of course. Yep. I think he went off to join the Watchmen. I'm not <laughs> sure, but, you know, since, you know, it seems like we send him on something every time uh, that we do one of these pretty much. So since, since we sent him on something else, I think he finally just said, you know what, I'm going to go join the Watchmen. Well, that's certainly a noble cause. And, uh, today we'll be discussing the DC rebirth and, uh, you'll kind of lead the way on giving everyone a, uh, insight on what this is all about and, uh, how it impacts the DC universe. All right, cool. Well, I would absolutely love doing that. And, uh, DC has always been, you know, even though I'm a Marvel guy too, obviously, I, there was just, I don't know, there was something about DC that I've always liked, even as far back to the Crisis on Infinite Earths back in 1985, L- absolutely loved that as a kid, and uh, DC Rebirth is the next chapter, per se, in the entire DC storyline, it is in a way is crisis related and in the sense that it's universe changing. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to answer your questions because I think you've got quite a few questions for me. Oh, yes, I do. I have a laundry list of questions to go through <laughs> and I will try to get these posted on the site as well. So people can can review and kind of go through with themselves. Um, first of all, I mean, is of course, Rebirth is a huge event in the DC universe. Do we have analogs in Marvel kind of the same thing, or is it just like this this is a DC only thing? I mean, do we uh, first of all just tell us what is what is rebirth and why is it needed? Okay, all right. Um let's see, how do I want to answer that question? Now, this is just my opinion. So if anybody listening sees differently, please feel free. Email us discussing who at gmail dot com or like us on Facebook, message us on Facebook. Because, again, this is just my opinion, so it may be right, it may be wrong. It's just taken from what I've read over the years. Having said that, let me... <laughs> I trust you, Cal. <laughs> okay. So, having said that, let me, let me give, give my opinion here. With Marvel, Marvel has always embraced the idea until very recently that you've got Earth... One two three four five six seven. You've got Earth six one six. You've got Earth two four six eight. You've got Earth, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and so forth. 
And on each of those earths, that might be the age of apocalypse is on one earth. Days of future past in the X-Men is on another earth, uh, different numbers. And they had no problem with having multiple sets of Wolverines, multiple sets of Captain Americas. In a, in a way, they embraced embraced that. Oh, that's that's funny because I didn't I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, if you go back and you look at some of the um, stories, there was actually a book that ran quite a few years called The Exiles, E X I L E S, and the core premise behind this team was comprised of different versions of characters from all over the Mar- Marvel multiverse. So you might have a uh, storyline where you had a Charles Xavier from the Old West, a Captain America from a techno-organic uh, or something uh, world, a different version of Wolverine, uh, you, know, different, you know, different things. And that was actually a... And you said that was the Exiles? It was called the Exiles, yes. So, so with the exception of the Exiles, is, is there any other cross-pollination between the uh, different uh, Earths in Marvel, in the Marvel Universe? Good question. Yes, there was. There was the Ultimate Universe and the Marvel traditional universe had been separate up until Secret Wars. And the Secret Wars of last year, not the Secret Wars of 1984, but the Secret Wars of last year pretty much took the premise of some of the characters are really the, I think, and I'm probably wrong here, but Miles Morales and the Reed Richards from the Ultimate Universe were technically the only two characters, to my knowledge, that survived the Secret Wars. So you had a Spider-Man in the Ultimate Universe who had taken up the mantle of Peter Parker after he died, now on the same earth as the Peter Parker who's always been around. So yes, they have interacted quite often, and again, that's something that Marvel has seemingly always embraced. Hmm, Interesting. So when it comes to DC... DC. So let's back up now to 2000, excuse me, 1985 and way back way back um (laughs) and if you can actually for the title and i know we're going to do a segment sometime later about crisis when lee is on with us but for now i'll just kind of hit on hint on it a little bit and you know we can go back into it at a later episode but with crisis crisis actually started this the title crisis started with traditional yearly meetups between the Justice Society of America and the Justice League of America. And the the neatness, the uniqueness about this meetup was Earth One, Justice League. Earth Two, Justice Society. And you had these heroes of different Earths meeting pretty much about once a year. And you would, they pretty much did this annually, uh, late 60s, early 70s. You would have maybe Crisis on Earth 1. And then the next year, you might have Crisis on Earth 2. The next year after that, multiple Crisis on Earth 3. And so forth. There was an Earth S, an Earth Prime. So there was, you know, several different Earths. By 1985, DC editorial decided 
we're going to do a year-long maxi-series. So we're going to say 12 issues, and we're going to create this character that basically dissects and destroys this multiple universe. So they said not only is there an Earth-1, not only is there an Earth-2, there are many, 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 um, you know, infinite number of Earths. And so hence the title, Crisis on Infinite Earths instead of Crisis on Earth-1 or Crisis on Earth-2. So when they did that, Crisis rebooted DC. And until 2005, at a whole, your idea of a multiverse had been wiped away from DC's continuity, so much to the point that fans referred to anything that happened pre-crisis as pre-crisis, anything that happened post-crisis, which was 1985 to 2005, as post-crisis. And to give you an example of how things changed pre- and post-crisis, Wonder Woman, her powers dramatically increased Mm -hmm. Uh, post-crisis. The idea of Diana Prince as an alter ego was washed away again for the most part. Diana became not a paradised island. She became an, there was still a princess, but they named it Themskiria, and she was an ambassador from, to the United Nations, I believe originally, from Themskiria as, uh, like I said, an, an ambassador. You know, that's just one of many changes post-crisis. And um, you said this went from 85 to to 2005? 85 to 2005. Uh, this, this largely seems like a good thing, but I have to say there may be some fans that didn't like it, possibly. I mean, why, why change after all those years again? All right, so let me ask you a question. We've got 2000, let's go back to 1985. In one of our previous episodes, I think it was episode two, when we were talking about Supergirl, do you recall my mentioning Power Girl? Yes, I do. DC had said Superman needs to be unique, meaning there doesn't need to be a Supergirl anymore, so Supergirl is killed off in the original crisis. However, the powers that be said, "Hmm, we want to keep Power Girl around. Well, Power Girl, being from Earth 2, was the Supergirl equivalent, the cousin of Superman. How do you keep Power Girl in the same world as Superman, but not have Power Girl have Superman's powers and be Superman's cousin. Yeah, change your origin story. Hence, that's what they did. You know, it, it just didn't work because it, for many people because you've grown up from when she was introduced back in the 70s. You went from her being a Kryptonian to, oh, wait, no, she's actually an Atlantean. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, it doesn't it, it doesn't make sense. That's that's an issue with some of the things that happened post-crisis. So, so that, that kind of helps lead up to some of the issues that we're trying to now cre- correct um, with Rebirth. But, but, but before we get into Rebirth, I do want to mention one thing. Uh, and I'll use Power Girl as a uh, way to mention it. In 2005, obviously, that was the 20th anniversary of Crisis. To have a 20th anniversary of Crisis, it's time to also do another miniseries, 
which this miniseries was called Infinite Crisis. Uh, neat play on words. Yeah. And um, here's, here's how they explained, as the best way to put it, in story, the inconsistencies of the post-crisis universe. And I might want to say, and I should have said this earlier, if you've not read any of these books, you might want to avoid listening because there's going to be a lot of spoilers in our conversation. So a fair warning. Back to Power Girl. Power Girl in this particular uh, series her origin was restored because guess what? Superman, Lois Lane from Earth 2 were not actually erased from reality. They were actually in this unforeseen paradise with the Alexander Luther of Earth 3, who uh, was the son of the good Lex Luthor from Earth 3, as well as Superboy Prime who was from a universe where Superboy was the sole person with superpowers. And a interesting thing that they did was every time there was an inconsistency over the 20 years post-Infinite Crisis, they explained that as Superboy hitting a crystal reality wall trying to escape <laughs> uh, this reality. In other words, get out of jail free card. Uh, get out of jail free card. So that, that in a way, brings us to Rebirth and the New 52 and all that. So uh, I think I answered a little bit more information than you wanted, but, hey, that's, you ask. Oh, no, it was great. And then, like, my second question was uh, different Earths, different timelines, different dimensions. You kind of answered it already. It's definitely different Earths. Um, I, I failed to mention one thing. Post-Infinite Crisis in 2005, we reestablished that there was a limited multiverse. Not an infinite, but a limited multiverse with 52 separate Earths. And they explained how these 52 different Earths occurred. So you had an Earth 3 with the evil Justice League or Justice uh, or Crime Syndicate, excuse me. You had a Justice Society on Earth 2, and then you still had the Earth 1 Prime uh, universe. Well, in 2011, DC totally redid everything with a brand new number one issue from point A to point Z. Not even your oldest comics like action comics and detective comics were, were spared. Everything had a brand a, new number one. That was a new 52? That, and, and that is what started their initiative called the New 52. It sprang out of a storyline called Flashpoint that saw the Flash go back in time to attempt to save his mother from being killed. And when he did that, he created this domino effect or this ripple effect that changed the timeline. Well, when he went back and restored... In, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but no. you, you, which Flash are we talking about here? Uh, was, was there only one Flash at this time? Well, Barry Allen, no. At this time, when he went back, there was Jay Garrick as the original Flash. There was Barry Allen, who had just returned from the dead, <laughs> believe it or not. Wally West was also the Flash. 
you had Wally West married with two killed with two children who also had powers. You had Bart Allen from the future as Kid Flash, and then you know there were other other speedsters, Jesse Quick, and I think Max Mercury was still around too at that time. So no, you had it. You, you had speedsters left, right, and center. Awesome, and 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 this all kind of. Kind of comes together because of something called the Speed Force. That's what the Flash uses to access going through time. So the Speed Force did allow him to do that. You know, to go back in in time. Like I said, there was a whole different reality that he's encounters during the Flashpoint event. And um, I'll give you an example. There was a war going on between. Diana of Themyscira is the queen and the king of Atlantis, uh, of course, you know, Aquaman. Another example could also be the biggest change in that reality was Thomas Wayne saw the murder of his son, Bruce, and his wife, Martha, <laughs> and becomes Batman. What? <laughs> yeah. So so several things were different there. And, and this is what this, this flashpoint, this was the start of the new 52 is that what you're saying yeah or? yeah okay. after after the flash came back from flashpoint the books that were released after that started with the new 52 because the way i interpreted it was the the longer the flash stayed in the new i mean in the flashpoint reality the less memories he had of how things were and when he came back the inconsistencies that and the changes that we saw were, in my understanding, the result of, you know, him not remembering everything perfectly. Huh, that is really weird. So he's kind of like the analog for us, the the reader, I guess. In a way, in a, our our recreator, so to speak, along with a character called Pandora. But I'll get more on her <laughs> later. <laughs> So, um, do you want to start with the uh, rebirth, or talk a little bit more about the comic itself, or well, do you have any more background information you can give? No, us? that's that's actually like I said, I didn't mean to talk quite so much, but oh, that's uh, great stuff. You know, why don't we do this? Why don't we get into uh, the news? We've got a couple of news items, so let's jump into the news, and then we will jump back into your other questions and go through the book. How about that? Uh, that sounds great to me. All right, well, fresh off the news, since we've gotten to the news. One thing we're going to be looking for, everyone, for everybody out there listening, is since Podshock has the typewriter that we've used on Podshock since the very beginning, we're going to be looking for something to use for our news segment. So we may be asking you, or we'll just ask you right now, if you have any suggestions on what kind of sound to use, let me know, and uh, or let us know. So get, shoot us a line, and you know we might just use it. So we're open to suggestions. News number one: It has been revealed at cult. Uh, I personally saw it at cultbox.com or .co.uk that Michelle Gomez is returning to season ten of Doctor Who as Missy. So I am happy about that. <sighs> I take it you're not. <laughs> she's not my favorite character by any means. I mean, she's okay. I mean, I don't see nothing special about her, but hey, as long as Dark Two comes back, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm point, taken. 
No, I, I actually, actually, you know, I love Missy. Uh, I, I like a little bit insane she is, and she, she totally plays up the insane part of the Masters, in my opinion, so much better than uh, John Sims did. So, yeah, I can't wait to see her come back. Yeah, it'd be interesting to have her back. You know, um, I'm trying to remember the, her last appearance, what she was actually doing. Um, she was trying to escape Daleks in uh, the season uh, That's correct. That's correct. Uh, you know, she's an exciting character. She's just not my favorite. But in every episode I've seen her has been pretty good. So, you know, to have her back, you know, I guess it's, it's, it's a good thing. So uh, the next news item, uh, Marvel's Civil War 2, number one, hits the stands today. Yes. And did you partake in said comic? I attempted, I accidentally bought the Zero issue instead of buying the first issue. But I did go online and read a spoiler that there's pretty much definitely one death and potentially a second death. But since it just happened today and this episode will probably go out by week's end, I won't say who those deaths were. Um, I will give this hint. Uh, however, after reading about one death and a comment that I made on the last episode when we were reviewing Captain America Civil War, kind of made me feel bad a little bit. Whatever. Uh -oh. <laughs> and the other one is a character that I've liked ever since uh, I was a kid, and if they kill her off, I will not be a happy camper. So uh, now, that's the only hints I'll give. Now, is this a totally separate storyline from the uh, that big announcement? Well, not announcement, big thing that happened to Captain America last week, I guess, that people were up in arms about. Yes, it, totally different. This, this is a character, uh, there's an inhuman character who has the power to see the future. And... The question is, whose side are you on? Do you choose the future or do you make the future? Or There's a philosophical difference there of, you know, do you want to be the minority report or do you not want to be the minority report, basically. Hmm, interesting. Speaking of things that came out today, and I purposely did not read any of them because I wanted to go into our conversation that I knew we were having tonight with no knowledge of, any of the first <laughs> issues, but the first wave of DC Rebirth titles came out today. So that I personally bought Batman, Superman, and Green Lanterns, plural. Um, but again, I've not read them. But the June pretty much begins Rebirth Month. No Wonder Woman this week. No Wonder Woman this week. No. <laughs> yeah, I kind of shouted out to you about that cover that I saw. I like this is so different, you know. So. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's just the cover itself. Well, anybody who wants to see the cover that, uh, that Clarence is referring to, you can look at the back of, if you bought the 80-page DC Universe Rebirth, if you'll look in the back, there are several previews of the first issues of those titles, and it shows Wonder Woman uh, next to... Uh, an advertisement for Aquaman and her <laughs> new uh, costume. I, I, I will tell you this. I, I do know this. In the first 12 issues of Wonder Woman, she will have two ongoing stories, the even and the odd numbers. One of them will be like a retelling of her origin. The other one will be her discovering 
some of the lies that she's been told or led to be, to believe and some truths that she's about to uncover. So you'll have two stories, and I'm assuming two sets of artwork or, two, you know, um, two artists uh, on alternating stories. And the last item we have in the news segment is uh, Star Trek Beyond um, in in theater July 22nd. And we also had a upcoming Star Trek uh, all-access series that we saw a preview of or trailer that came out, teaser trailer that came out this week or last week, I should say. Are you excited about anything, Star Trek? Are you a tricky cow? You know, I am. This was actually a news item for Lee, but, you know, like I said, Lee's uh, over Watchmen somewhere and missing in action. So, um, yeah, I am. I think Lee is much more a Star Trek fan than I am. What about you? I'm certainly a Star Trek fan. I mean, full-fledged. I may like it more than uh, Star Wars or just as much. So, (laughs) um, currently, I'm going through my probably third rewatch of uh, Star Trek Voyager. So, yeah, I'm a huge fan and can't wait for the... Uh, the movies, I like the movies, but, you know, I can give a take on them. But I love the, the, the uh, series, and hopefully the new one that comes out uh, will be good. So I guess I'll be subscribing to this CBS All Access since it's not going to be airing on the television, apparently. Right. Uh, you, know, that's, you know, that's something that I'm wondering how well is going to go over because it reminds me a bit of when Enterprise was on Paramount. And if you didn't get Paramount Network back then, you didn't have Netflix, you didn't have Hulu. And so you just didn't see it until it aired in syndication or aired, yeah. you know, on 10, at 10.30 on Saturday nights or whenever. Uh, for, I will say this in an upcoming episode, we will be discussing uh, our speculation around the new Star Trek series as well as probably a review. We may wait and do it as a review at the end of July after we've seen Star Trek Beyond. So for all the Star Trek fans, you know, please, you know, keep that in mind that that will be coming quite soon because July will be here before we know it. So before before we move on, got a question for you. Which of the Star Trek franchises was your favorite? Uh, I'm definitely a Voyager fan. Uh, like I said, I'm watching it again right now. That is just, I, I love this series so much, as well as DS9. I, I love that one as well. Not so much uh, the original, though I appreciate it. It's just, I'm not just a huge fan of it. And um, The Next Generation, I'm not the biggest fan of, but it's a great series and I like it. So, you know, if I had to put one at the top, it'd definitely be Voyager. What about yourself? You know, it's interesting. I actually agree with you there. The the least favorite would have to be Enterprise. You know, I've never gotten into the original Star Trek that much. Nothing against it, just never got into it that much. Enterprise, I very much enjoyed. I liked the characters. Yeah, I liked the uh, Enterprise as well. And, I mean, but no, wait, I actually meant um, they were on the Enterprise, but I was talking about Next Generation. Oh, Next Generation. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I like them, but it's not one that I would be interested into. Oh, oh, I can't wait to go see it again, you know, or, or watch yeah, it again. Yeah, certainly. Uh, but, but I would have to say, of all the ones that I felt that emotional attachment to uh, the characters would, would have been Voyager. You know, I like DS9 too, but but it would by you know hands down have to be uh Voyager. Yeah. And I I mean I know we're going to move along, but I'm just a big 
uh, proponent of growth in the character. And it seems like most of the really good series of, of Star Trek have that one character that experiences a bunch of growth by the end of the, the series. And that's kind of my thing with, with any of those. I just love to see that growth. I agree. I agree. So, Lee, when you get back, I know you will have a lot to contribute because I want to hear uh, Lee's comments. Because th- that's one thing I like about having Lee on here is to get the writer's perspective because that's what, you know, in part of what he does for a living, he either teaches it or he does it. And that's, you know, so always for me, being a novice writer or however you want to say it, uh, to get his perspective. So I want to hear what he thinks and uh, get his ideas on, you know, Star Trek as well. So, um, so yeah, let's get into the other questions. And, um, you know, what's your next one? Yeah, I kind of jumped the gun before. I'm sorry about that. No, you're fine. But uh, so we get in the rebirth, and the first thing we are introduced with is a watch, and we see we some character is is trying to reach back into Earth, which Earth I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But but he's trying to make connection. Some version of Flash. I'm guessing it's Wally West, and he visits Batman and. Leaves Batman a letter. What what is that all about? All right. So uh, for any of you who have gone out and again got your uh, DC Rebirth, your whether well, the pages aren't numbered, but this is one of the opening scenes of the book, probably about the fourth or the fifth page. So you do see uh, Wally reach out. He's talking to Batman. Uh, you see him. And- refer- I'm sorry, let me interrupt you. First explain to me, and this is something I didn't get from reading it, how did Wally West become to be trapped in in the Speed Force uh, before you get into the Batman? All right, sure. No, 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 that's fine. Um, How did he become trapped? Uh, I really don't know the answer to that, but I do know that post-52, or in the new 52, originally Wally West did not exist because... They said specifically at the beginning, DC Universe, the characters had only been around for about five years. So none of the characters that you knew had only, you know, like Wonder Woman had only been around for about five years. Superman had only been active as Superman for about five years. It took away a lot of the history, and they refer to this in Rebirth. Now, where does that come in as an issue Well, let's take Batman, for example, since we're talking about Batman. In a five-year period, you had uh, Dick Grayson. You had Jason Tide. You had Tim Drake. You had Damian Wayne. You basically kept a Robin for a year. So they kept that in part of the story. And to me, that always never made sense. How did you have four different Robins in a time frame of five years. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Well, when they redid the Titans, you had Tim Drake as Red Robin now, not calling himself Robin, but Red Robin, going out and recruiting his version of the Titans. Well, the character Raven totally looked completely different than she had ever looked uh even though her name was Raven, she always wore a black you know, hood and a black co- uh, cloak, but she never had feathers all over her cloak and all over 
you know, like a headpiece that was made out of feathers. The character of Wonder Girl, in her original scene that they show her, she says, don't call me Wonder Girl. And her powers have completely changed. Uh, she's got a ancient armor that gives her her powers instead of being the daughter of Zeus. You know, so there was so many things that they changed. A, a good example that one of the main DC people, Jeff Johns, who actually wrote DC Rebirth, made a comment ab about was the character of Connor Kent, who was Superboy. He said, after Rebirth, I mean, excuse me, after the New 52, you made Superboy into a character that was totally unrecognizable. I know from reading it, I went from Superboy being like one of my favorite newer characters in DC to being someone that I was like, you can take this off my list. I don't care about him anymore. Oh, wow. You know, because it was, it was so drastically different that it was like, okay, this may be the title Superboy, but this is not, you know, this, his name was, not, you know, the, the whole name Connor Kent was completely gone. You know, like I, and I agree, it was totally unrecognizable. So again, we're met with Wally West um, trying to make, an, make a connection from from the Speed Force, and he comes in, and the first person he visits is Batman. And just, I guess we can just go ahead and say this: the whole book is pretty much him trying to connect with people. Right, <laughs> it, it is. And you know, I don't think I answered your question completely. Where does Wally tie up in that? Because I got sidetracked with Batman. Wally tied up in that as we had Teen Titans that were just now being brought together and DC had a mandate that there was no Titans before this new Teen Titans group. So you didn't have Wonder Girl Donna Troy. You didn't have the Kid Flash Wally West because, again, you've got that five years to work with. Wally West disappeared. Donna Troy disappeared. There was no reference to either one of them. So this is why the return of Wally West is relevant was because they're bringing back characters that we had not seen before or not seen since, I should say. Uh, and is he just an exception or are they going to bring more characters back in the future? Is that not, we don't know that yet. Or I think the answer to your question can be found in another one you asked me about the old man in the hospital. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Let's just uh, cover this letter, letter uh, to Batman really the, quick. And okay. what, what significance does it have? Does is, is the Batman we see here, uh, Bruce Wayne or is it Thomas Wayne? Uh, or? The Batman we see here, of course, is Bruce Wayne. The letter, however, comes from Thomas Wayne at the end of the flashpoint universe. Basically, Thomas knows when you go back, I will be dead, Bruce will be Batman. And he gives a letter to uh, Barry, father-to-son letter. And um, that is given on the last scene of Flashpoint. After everything has supposedly been restored, he gives him the letter. Now, why Bruce never refers to the letter over the years? Is there an outside force that's preventing him from seeing it? Is... You know, does he have a mental block or does he just not look at it or maybe he knows it's there all along? I don't know. But that's the significance of the letter is it's coming from the Flashpoint universe where his father was still alive. 
So, but while he did bring that letter letter through with him, didn't he? No, and no, no. The, he's it was already there. It, it was already there. What? Yeah, it that was makes no there. sense. Yeah, it's it, it it's been there since, like I said, the last uh, scene of Flashpoint. And it's how long ago was that? Five. It, well, well, yeah, five years ago because that was 2011 when we restarted uh, with the new 52. So yeah, five years ago. And he is not either seen or just ignored this letter the whole, the well, whole time. Well, he read it in the last uh, issue, so he's read the letter. But again, you know, after he's seen it, the letter has not been referred to since then. Wow, that's wow. <laughs> okay, that's a long that's a long game right there now. <laughs> on the left. well, you know, and it's it's interesting. Something that I just remembered that I had not thought about until right now is at the end of Crisis in 1985, there was a character called the Psycho Pirate, and he was left as the only person in reality who remembered the that there were multiple Earths, and they did use him to help restore Power Girl's origin and Power Girl's memories. In a way, that letter tying in to helping jog memories, or however you want to say it, is similar to Psycho Pirate jogging memories as it did with Power Girl. And of course, uh, the Flash is trying to make Bruce Wayne remember when he comes back. But um, and again, like we said, he kind of throughout the entire book, he's kind of trying to make connections. And one of the next ones he makes is to some old guy in a mental facility. Right. Yes. And if you'll notice on the page of the hospital. It's founded in 1940, and so who is the old guy? The old guy is is named Johnny Thunder. He was a member of the Justice Society of America. He first appeared in Flash Comics number one back in 1940. The Justice Society for America, for all intents and purposes, they've been absent in the New 52. We've got we've got versions of the characters in a in a book called Earth Two. But let me say they're very, very different. The JSA is the original superhero team. It's the first team that ever took a character from this book, a character from that book, a character from another book, and had a book with all of them in there as a comic book. Hmm. Interesting. So uh, I guess it kind of takes us, takes us to our next question, too. I asked you, who is Dr. Fate? Fate and uh, again, uh, he's a member of Justice Society of America, is, is what I, I right. see. Yes, yes. And uh, before we move on from him, from him, I want you to ask at the end who did uh, remind me to ask you a question about Dr. Fate at the end, okay? Gotcha. All right. So, Dr. Fate, yes, he was a member of the Justice Society of America. A version of Dr. Fate has also a, been a member of the Justice League post-crisis, when everything was combined into one single Earth. This character, ironically, also appeared in 1940 in More Fun Comics number 1. That was when he first appeared. A little bit of history in the Dr. Fate universe. Dr. Fate was the avatar of Nabu, who is one of the Lords of Order. And depending on what version, depending on what style that they're writing... He can either be possessed by the helmet, he may have complete control over the helmet, it may be this character, it may be that character. There have been several people to hold 
the title Dr. Fate. So it's not a title as in, hi, my name is John Fate or Sam Fate or Felix Fate. It's, it's a literal title that somebody takes the role of Dr. Fate. Uh, got you. So does the character appearance change or is it? Yeah. Famous? At one point, there was a husband and a wife who both shared the mantle of Dr. Fate. Of course, her costume looked different than his costume. Tr- technically the same, but, you know, a little bit different when Insa Nelson was Dr. Fate as opposed to uh, Kent Nelson. Yeah, and specifically in the comic uh, that we're discussing, he appeared out the Blue Beetle flew off. That is Blue Beetle, am I right? Yes, yeah, that was yeah. Blue Beetle, the Silver Age, Ted Cord, and the most recent. Uh, what is the significance of the Flash's ring, and what does it do? Because they kind of show uh, display it a lot throughout the comics. I have no idea uh, about Flash. <laughs> so, uh, all right, so, uh, enlighten me. All right, I will, all right, so I'll enlighten you. When, when you asked that question, the first thing I had to do was go back and read the book again because my first question was, okay, where does his ring, where does the Flash's ring play such a big significance because I remember only seeing it once. And then as I was reading it again, I understood what you meant. You're referring to the woman in the police station, correct? Yes, yes, that's the first time we see it there. All right, All right so the woman in the police station does not have a flash ring what she actually has is a legion flight ring every member of a superhero group called the legion of superheroes and to give you an idea of who they are think the justice league of the year 3015 they're the you know a thousand years in the future she that looks to be based on the blonde hair i would say it's an educated guess to say that was Saturn Girl of the Legion of Superheroes, and the ring is a Legion flight ring. Uh, and is she the only one that has it throughout the book? I could have sworn I saw the Flash with it somewhere. Now, now, there is a scene where they're showing Barry's costume, and they're showing Wally become the Flash, and you're seeing someone hold Flash's ring. And so there is a significance to the Flash having a ring, because Barry used to hold his, somehow get his ring down into his, I mean, get his costume down into the ring. So so you did see that as when you were reading, but the other reference to the ring was the Legion ring. Cool. Yeah, that's that's a little light, man, because I had no idea. It was kind of confusing because I actually thought back like, huh, is this connecting any or I'm just losing it? So... So we do see the Atom briefly. Well, we see the Atom in some other world shrunken down i guess or somewhere we don't know exactly where he is and he's absent from his classes or whatever when his he tells his student to put on a belt and follow him so do we have any idea where he actually is what urgent mission he's on or is it just kind of ambiguous at this point no idea (laughs) so (laughs) so i open that up to you know let me play my broken record here anyone who's listening who has an idea of where and what the Adam was working on, you know, shoot us a message, shoot us an email, uh, give us your feedback, because personally, I have no idea. Yeah. And that's one of the scenes we see where it's not really connected to uh, the Flash, kind of trying to make connections. It's just kind of interweaved throughout the book. Uh, we also get a, a scene of a, some lady running through an alley that gets vaporized. 
Yes. Uh, with no real explanation of who it is. <laughs> yeah. Any Anybody that's been reading for the past few years, if you've followed along, if you read Flashpoint, you would have recognized Pandora. Pandora was a character that a- appeared at the end of the miniseries back in 2011. And at the time, we believe she's responsible for merging the Wildstorm characters, the DC proper characters, the Milestone characters, and the Vertigo characters all into one universe. Now, they're saying now that it was Wildstorm, DC, and Vertigo, but I distinctly remember Milestone being a part of that, even so much as they even had a Static, uh, who was a character from Milestone. There was a Static Shock series originally as one of the new 52 books so it may be some legal rambling with the milestone characters why they're not referring to that however pandora also appeared in each number one issue of all 52 of the new 52 titles her death served two purposes Number one, since she initiated and started the New 52, this was Jeff Johns being symbolic, saying, you know what, 52, the New 52 is over with. So I think this was more of like a symbolic gesture. And the way she was killed will be one of your questions you're going to ask me in a few minutes. The way it's drawn it was drawn that way for a very specific purpose. And yeah, I think I actually did, did she get vaporized? It kind of looks like she just kind of vanishes. Well, not vanishes, explodes, vaporized. Yeah. yeah. What, what is your explanation for that? All right. So you want me to go ahead and jump ahead to that one? Uh, sure. Go All right. right into it. My, my comment at the beginning, you know, people who've listened, my jokes aren't very, aren't very, well, my jokes aren't very good, honestly. So they're, a thinly veiled attempt with Lee joining the Watchmen was to hint that, you know, there's a Watchmen tie-in. So tell me, do you know who the Watchmen are? Do you know the significance of the Watchmen? I saw the movie. That's yeah. all. <laughs> That's about as far as I go. All right. The Watchmen, it, uh, along with The Dark Knight Returns and, uh, you know, similar books to that, helped to usher in this the the grim the gritty darker side of comic the watchman was written by alan moore i believe dave gibbons did the artwork and there has been contention between dc and uh, alan moore for you know ever since the beginning since that was written because the way it was originally conceived you can look at some of the characters. I'll take Dr. Manhattan, for example. Dr. Manhattan originally would have been a character called Captain Adam from from the DC universe. Somewhere along the writing of this, DC says to Moore, go in, you know, recreate these, make them your own uh, creation. You can base them, but we, we've got things that we want to do with Captain Adam. We've got things we want to do with some of these other characters. So, you know, just kind of recreate them. We still use your story. So he did that. Well, the rights of the Watchmen do not revert back to Alan, uh, Alan Moore until the there is no publication of, you know, trade paperbacks or anything like that. Well, okay. DC has never stopped publishing a trade paperback of the Watchmen because it's it's 
made money ever since. There's, you know, for every generation, people like reading. That's uh, that's who the Watchmen are. It's very grim. I mean, I've read the comic, and you know, I, I just mean, like I said, me personally, I didn't like the story. But there are people who are diehard Watchmen fans. There's a character called Doctor Manhattan who. That's the blue guy. That's right? the blue guy, and think of it as he gets so powerful that he ascends to this almost godlike being. Yes, and, yes, I remember him. He's kind of like that in the movie. <laughs> okay. When he killed somebody in the Watchmen book, if you go back and you look at the frame where he kills the person in the book and you look and see how Pandora gets vaporized, there it's drawn identically the same. Wow. <laughs> And why do we, again, why do we think in this instance they chose to do it that way? Throw us a curveball. Would anybody expected, uh, would, would, would anybody have expected the Watchmen to be incorporated into DC Universe Prime? I don't think anybody would have ever have suspected that, but it happened. I mean, that's basically saying whether it was benevolent, whether it was not benevolent, you know, whatever the reason the characters, the Watchmen, in some part, whether it's all of them, whether it's just Dr. Manhattan, are in some way, shape, form, or fashion responsible for the New 52. Oh, that is really interesting. Nice theory. Is that that? <laughs> that's something to think about right there. Wow. Moving, moving along, um, some other tidbits we find out is that uh, Wonder Woman has a twin brother. Is that new or is that kind of totally one million percent absolutely new are you excited about this (laughs) i'm 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 holding judgment till i see the new book um i thought that alan only had women on it (laughs) yeah wonder woman for the last five years regardless of how acclaimed the the writing was you know i did not like that they changed the origin, that she was no longer made of clay. Uh, she was actually the biological child of Zeus and Hippolyta. You know, I, I, I just didn't like that. And, you know, I think they're keeping that lineage post-rebirth, re, uh, but now they're revealing not only was there one, but there were two. And not only was there two, but one of them was the boy. So, um, you know, that's, that's going to be, like you just said, interesting. Yeah, so apparently it looks like in this frame that uh, the Flash tries to make connection, but this is, has to be something that happened a long time ago. So is he like jumping back and forth with, in time as well? Oh, with Wonder Woman? Yeah, yeah. At the, on that on that panel where he's like, um, they now, show the birth. Okay, uh, evidently so. Yes, because think about it with with the Flash. You know, you can you can travel through time. So yes, you know, because you're seeing you know you're seeing him. Uh, see the other Wally West. You're seeing him, you know, try to find other people. So yeah, I, I do believe that he is traveling through, through time there. So uh, I'll move on to the next question. This is about Superman. Apparently, he dies, and there's another Clark that's married with a kid, also in the on the same planet. How is that possible? Okay, I thought, <laughs> I thought we eliminated the multiverses at this point. All right, you ready to? Uh, have your head spin around a few times, and, I, and if so, I'll answer the question. Uh, go for it. All right. Last year, DC basically realized, hmm, 
New 52 is not that popular. Uh, so let's do a storyline that acknowledges all these other Earths are still out there. It's still the New 52, but we can at least acknowledge that they're still out there. They did a crossover called Convergence. They're saying that during crisis or shortly thereafter, as these Earths are dying, he, he Brainiac, goes around and captures cities right before they are destroyed during the crisis. And he's keeping them bottled up. And he decides, oh, well, wouldn't it be neat if we expand all these cities and have them fight it out with each other and I'll save whichever city that's ultimately victorious. Lois and Clark from pre-52 DC Universe who are married and who and it's the Superman that has been around since 1985 they they are in a bottled city that Brainiac has kept. After Convergence ends it's revealed that instead of going back into nothingness or or back to other reality, they were actually sent for some reason to the New 52 and arrived at about the same time as <laughs> Superman first premiered. So they've been living in hiding for the wow. past five years. That is bananas. That's how you have a Lois and Clark who are living as not Lois and Clark Kent. They're living as Lois and Clark White, named after Perry White, and they have a kid. So when the new 52 Superman dies, it basically opens up the door for pre-crisis, I mean pre-52 Superman to walk back in and assume the Superman mantle again. Wow. Uh, I swear comic books are the ultimate get out of jail free Exactly. <laughs> Nothing is off the table ever. It if wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um it's kinda nice how they tied in that last episode he last uh comic he dies and now he now we see the new Clark, so huh. um okay, I guess I guess the last biggest question wasn't it obvious that Flash would connect with Flash out of all these people? I mean, I kind of thought he might would connect with his old girlfriend. I forget her name. But I I, I even kind of knew that wouldn't work because he was so adamant on it working. But it just seemed kind of obvious that he would he would connect with the current Flash. See, I disagree with you. I think it would have been more obvious that he would have connected with Linda Park because uh, you just referred to her as his girlfriend. In that reality, that was his wife, and they had twin children. And so if you look at it from the perspective, this is the mother of your children. This is your wife. Th- that would be who you would connect with. In the, you know, cur- in the current reality? No, well, uh, well, in the current reality, he didn't exist. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, you know, so, uh, so having said that, you know, I, I could see that would be the obvious. And actually, I would have, if I were writing it, I would have probably have sent him to her first. And then, if you take out that Linda doesn't remember me, it it creates maybe some more tension. As okay, my wife doesn't remember me, so now let me start going to all these different people trying to to find somebody that remembers me before I just completely dissolve into the speed force. Huh. 
Yeah, it would have been an interesting play to kind of have her have him go to her first, uh, as opposed to the way they did it. Uh, but he kept mentioning mentioning her as you know throughout the book until he finally tried to connect with her. So I, I was like, yeah, this isn't gonna work. I just kind of felt it wouldn't <laughs> for some reason. And, and, and you know, while we're talking about him, I, I, I will mention this. I was talking to the, uh, one of the local comic shop owners here in Ridgeland today and he said until the very um, end he thought it was a one-off with Wally in other words you were going to tease Wally you were going to show Wally and then you were going to literally have Wally you know disappear and it was like okay we brought him back to let you say goodbye to him and not actually have him be saved yeah that's that yeah that's interesting too I also saw that possibly happen as well, happening as well, because it, I mean, it, it didn't look good for him. <laughs> well, considering that you had, I mean, you've got Wally West in the DC uh, Flash TV show that is not this version of Wally West. So, and you already know that he's going to be in the Teen Titans comic. With the original Wally, that was more evidence originally for me to think, okay, you're just bringing him back, you know, like like the guy was saying, bringing him back to say goodbye. But I got to give them credit, or I have to give them credit, as to the way they explained both Wallys that made it, for me, completely believable by saying they were both named after the same grandfather. Yeah, that made sense. Yeah, that made a lot of sense. You know, yeah. Uh, has the Speed Force kind of been portrayed the same way in past comics? Because it actually, it actually made the, that one scene in Batman v Superman make a lot more sense to me now <laughs> than it did when I watched it at the time. Yeah, because um, I think it has. Because uh, let's use Barry as an example. When Barry died at the end of the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths back in 1985. When he died, that you know paved the way for uh, Wally to take up the mantle and become the Flash. And speaking of Wally, for the from about 1985 to 2003 or four, he was the Flash. I mean, there was n- no Barry for all of those years. You know, so a whole generation of readers did not see Wally as Kid Flash, Wally West was. You pick up a Flash comic. He was the Flash, for all, you know, that no, no intents and purposes. He was the Flash. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I guess the only last question I have for you is um, is well, I two actually. We'll run through these really quick. The watch. Does the watch at the beginning hold any significance? We see it at the end of the, the comic as well. Is it just like uh, uh, something to show us uh, about time? I don't know. Why are you kind of focusing on the watch? <laughs> you know, I, I honestly, again, don't really know. I might would understand it a little bit better if I went back and read Watchmen again. But, I, but like I said before, I have no real desire to. I think... Maybe it was symbolic to some point of knowing, you know, time had been stolen. Because if you look on those first couple of pages, the watch itself starts to become a little corroded. 
showing frame to frame to frame, and then the way it's drawn in, and at the very end is drawn in a sense of how it, uh, things look on the you know the Watchman. I really don't know, uh, to be honest. Okay, and finally, uh, what who or what is his new evil that we see? I think that, that, I think we're led to assume Doctor Manhattan of the Watchman. Awesome. Uh, thanks for going through those with me, Cal. You kind of... Yeah. I feel yeah, like I've talked too much. No, it was a lot to get through, but you, you handled it like a champ. <laughs> well, I will say this. You know, for, for the first time in quite a while, I'm actually excited to see what DC is coming out with as opposed to Justice League being really the only book that I looked forward to. You know, I'm actually interested to see, and I really hope for... Not for me, but for the fans' sake, for the you know anybody reading that they've truly acknowledged some of the misses that they've done and can get back the sense of legacy with the characters that they had before and realize, hey, it doesn't matter if there are fifteen versions of Superman. If you tell good stories, that's all that matters in the end. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Although dunning for the new re- new reader, though, I think that's the only. I mean, from the beginning, that's been my only really gripe about multiverse, multiverse, whatever you want to call it, is that for the new person getting into the the comic, they are going to be at a loss in a lot of ways. I mean, just just me reading, you know, I, I'm not that much of a comic book fan. I just read them occasionally, and 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 this just, I mean. Although the story was straightforward, there was still a lot of nuances that, I mean, in these questions you provided that if I didn't know you or didn't look it up on the Internet, I would never know what a lot of this meant and what significant it actually, significance it actually had. And so you made a very valid point because having read this since I was a kid, it's it, I take for granted that people have read it like me since I was a kid. So you make a very yeah. valid point that not everyone has that, you know, connection to these characters, but I'm going to try to prove myself right. I still go back to saying it all goes back to if you write good stories, you write it in a way that you explain to a new reader what's going on, but yet pay tribute to to those that have been reading it forever as opposed to explaining it to those who are new. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's kind of what I don't know about DC so much, but Marvel has done in their movies. You know, it, it may be something they don't really go into detail about, but if you're an avid fan, you'll get out, you'll know the backstory. But for the new person, it still makes sense and still readable. I mean, viewable. You know, so, and that's how we like our comics to be as well. So I'm going to make a suggestion real quick to both Marvel. So anybody that's listening or who happens to be listening from either Marvel or DC, a suggestion. Marvel Universe and who for for Marvel and who's who for DC. That is you need to do. You know both companies need to do uh, and keep updated. Whether it be online, whether it be you know in public publication form, a um, encyclopedia like database. And I know that there are fan created versions of that on the internet. But but to tell you what those are. Uh, back in the mid-80s, Marvel did what was what they did called Marvel Universe, which was an A to Z telling of the origins of who are the Avengers, who is Iron Man, who is the Hulk, who is Doctor Strange, who is 
Dr. Octopus, etc. and so forth. DC also did the same thing with something called Who's Who in DC, and it was the same premise, and you had their origins, you had their powers. So like for DC, you may turn on one page and have the origin of Batman from Earth 2, turn to the next page, origin of Batman of Earth 1. So you got to look at both pages and say, oh, cool, his his costume looks a little bit different from, oh, oh, oh his car looks a little bit different, or vice versa. Interesting. Huh. So Yeah, I need, I need that. Make that happen. Yeah, that would be a good <laughs> idea. All right, so tell me, anything you're working on as we're about to wrap up? Uh, nothing, just trying to wrap up uh, watching... Not really working on nothing but watching some TV, trying to wrap up watching uh, uh, Daredevil. I think I'm uh, on episode 9 or 10 now, so just a few more episodes, and I'll be wrapped up with that. Really enjoying it, so I hope both of you guys are watching so we can talk about it. Well, let me ask you this. Is Daredevil, uh, the second season, getting any better? Because I'm in about the fourth or fifth episode, and I'll be honest, I'm getting a little bored. Really? Really? Um... (sighs) Yeah, the fact that you say you're bored, I don't know if I can say it's getting any better. It's probably going to be about the same. We do get, um, it'd be a spoil to say, we do get another character. Um, yeah, I've, it, I've met a female character in the last two episodes, if that's okay. who you're referring to. Okay, so you've already met her. So, um, yeah, we just get more of their backstory, uh, how they know each other, and, and, and kind of... Um, what how how they met and things like that so that that's pretty cool we get a, a little more it actually turns more into of um kind of a courtroom he is a lawyer but it turns kind of to a court courtroom drama a bit. okay well but, i might enjoy that a little bit better so yeah uh, yes I, I mean i'm i'm enjoying it i kind of just logged through it one saturday you know so i got a few more episodes left so i mean i don't know it to me it, it's very similar to the first season you know we get tidbits of references to just Jeff, jessica jones and luke cage and things like that so I, i've been enjoying it now i did finish uh actually last night finished jessica jones and that would be something we could talk about in an upcoming episode i wouldn't mind discussing that series as a review but i do want to mention one thing before we go uh i remember lee having talked about and actually i think our first episode when we were talking about chris chipnall taking over as the showrunner of doctor who yes i watched the first uh uh incomplete series of Broadchurch with david tennant and you know, I, I thought it was very good. There, uh, there was a, several characters who had also been in Doctor Who. Um, Rory Williams, the character, you know, the actor that plays Rory Williams, played a priest in there. Um, the guy that plays Walter Frey, and who also played <laughs> William Hartnell in An Adventure in Space and Time, he had a character in there. So, uh, you know, I thought it was very good, and I'm actually on the second season season now. Oh wow! Yeah, I might need to try it. I've been wanting to get get to it, but you know, it's not at the top of my. It hasn't been at the top of my list anyway. Well, it was. You know, it, it, it's a murder mystery, and I always liked you know anything that has a who done it to it. So, uh, you know, if you like anything murder mysteries, you know, check that out. So, um, all right. Well, you know, and I, I'll remind me when we do our next episode with Lee. I want to get his input because I thought it was you know actually a quite a good story. So. How many episodes is the series? Is uh, it ten? Eight, I believe. 
Okay, I might try to slog through it before we actually talk. So, yeah. all right. Well, um, if that's you said you didn't have anything you, uh, you were working on, that's what you were watching. Uh, for me, we recorded uh, an episode of Podshock about a week or so ago. Um, Lewis should have that out very soon. But in the meantime, I think we're pretty much busy getting our next episodes of discussing who out and. Um, I think that's pretty much it, unless you've got anything else. That's, it's good with me. We'll talk to you next time, folks. All right. Well, you know, find us on the web at discussingwho.com, on Facebook at facebook.com backslash discussingwho, or via Twitter at, guess what, discussingwho. Um, and for that, unless there's anything else, we are out of here.